Blog Talk Radio. Let me tell you about something new. A new show called G's Power. G's Power. Real talk for real saints. Are you ready? And it's for real. Welcome to G's Power Hour live every weekday at 1130 a.m. on Never Had It So Good Entertainment Network. Your host, G, will bring you informative and entertaining guests and a variety of topics in a way that you can absorb and enjoy. Listen in weekdays and call in at 516-387-1944. We love interaction. All shows can be downloaded if you miss one or found on iTunes the next day. G's Power Hour is powered by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. Well, good morning, brothers and sisters, kings and queens, angels and saints, ladies and gentlemen. Happy Friday, and welcome to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. Uh, We've got a guest on at noon that's going to talk a little bit about what's going on with the why. Uh, You might want to listen in, um, some good information to be had. Uh, But first, I am pleased to welcome back my friend, Stephanie Duke, who is going, we're going to kind of discuss something that I heard about earlier this week. Good morning, Steph. How are you doing? Good morning, Lady G, and good morning to your listening audience. How are you doing? We are doing fabulous over here in the sunny, sunny city of Claremont. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-huh. Probably a lot of people out this weekend. It's not so hot this weekend, so probably a lot of people going out to, what is that park? that I like that has the big lake over in Claremont. Oh, are you talking about uh, the one downtown? Mm, I think so. Oh, I think so. yeah. Yeah. Oh. People are usually out walking around, you know, the, the perimeter of the, you know, the border along the water and everything. I mean, it's, it's really, it's really pretty now, out there. Now you have to head up. I, I just had a brain freeze. <laughs> That's okay. It happens. I'll give it happens. A bit. I just had a brain freeze. <laughs> it's, it's all right. So one of the reasons I wanted to bring Stephanie on, for those of you that don't know, and we haven't really talked about it, Stephanie and I met at the University of South Florida. We were freshmen around the same time. We actually even lived in the same dorm for a while. So, you know, we became good friends, fast friends, uh, decades long friends. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to even talk about how many, but anyway, mm-hmm. you know, one of the one of the cool things about college campuses are not only the learning opportunities, but the relationships that you form there. So, for and the reason I'm bringing that up is for me, it was kind of a, a surprise when I saw uh, University of uh, Central Florida that has decided to close uh, three of their uh, satellite campuses in Leesburg, Mm -hmm. South Orlando, and Palm Bay. And I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. You know, I would have thought that schools in this area would have been growing with the population, but that's not necessarily the case. And so it comes as a surprise. Um, One of the campuses, I want to say the Palm Bay one, uh, wasn't, it, it seems wasn't even really used for 
education right now, but for, uh, I guess, and I'm going to have to find out which one. One of, uh, okay, the Alcala campus was, I guess what they call a type three campus. I'm not sure mm-hmm. what that is to a special purpose um, site. Um, it says that, so that campus does not have a uh, an instructional component. So I guess it was doing other things. But you would think that with the increase in population, um, that you wouldn't have campuses closing, and that in fact that would be the reverse that they would change that to an instructional component. Uh, to handle all of the increase in population. So it makes me just kind of wonder, Has do you think, Stephanie, that the increase in the cost of attending, uh, you know, college has something to do with the closure? I think um, not so much the cost of – I think it has to do my, – my theory is online – has a lot to do with it. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of students have gone to online participation, right. and we find that the the system is battling and with that, and has gone to you know really offering that, particularly in the the AA courses, uh, some courses that you can't take online to try to force the students back into the classrooms to, you know, deal with that. But you have a lot of universities that are online universities that have come in and they have made that cost practical because that cost used to be outrageous to be able to do an online course um, at a university like that, but they have made it practical now, and the public institutions have had to fight in that battle. So it has become, um, you know, competitive. So I believe that, and particularly since uh, the pandemic showed us that we do the, the the power of online courses, and we've had so much power that has harnessed since the pandemic that it's, you know, they've had a hard time getting everyone to move back from that to the classrooms. But you are seeing, because we do have learning styles that are different, there are those who have that tactile learning styles that are going to have to be in the classroom. Right. They can't learn no other way. Um, so we cannot disenfranchise those students from learning and those researchers who have to be in the labs who are going to need those building spaces. But to a point you mentioned earlier, there are uh, segments of the campuses that were built for organizational uses. They were built mm-hmm. for non-credit use, for organizations, and for community use. 
for senior citizens, for people who wanted to continue to take courses but not have, not to get them for credit. So those courses, they needed places to, uh, in the evening time, to offer those courses to the community and for the community to be able to take those courses, but now those community can take those courses online. So that's why you have that space have been left empty for the last couple of years since the pandemic because the the same demographic that would come out has now say, I can do this in the comfort of my home, and they're choosing to stay home. So that building space, and the organizations have learned to use Zoom. So now we're fighting with Zoom to say, hey, bring your organizations back out uh, this weekend. I like uh, I had I was at a meeting this weekend that we had to fight to get the organ to get our members to come back out when we were accustomed to Zoom to say, hey, this was our first in-person meeting, and we really had to fight with them to get them back out, but we were successful. We had 1,200 of them in Washington, D.C., and it was our first in-person meeting, but it was a struggle to get the membership to pull them out of those Zoom meetings. So because of the comfort level and the cost factor. You know, when you can pay for a webinar meeting that costs a membership, you know, 60 to $100, even 200 I think our highest webinar meeting only cost us $265 based on the, the speakers and the, the caliber of speakers we were able to bring in, and you're talking about a meeting in D.C. that ended up costing a member $1,000 to go to, which one do you think it's gonna, they're going to choose? Okay, but I, and I understand your point there, but my, my concern is, uh, the lo- <laughs> and it's been my concern for a while, is the loss of socialization skills, okay, when you yeah. kind of yeah. isolate yourself like that. Um, the, during COVID, there was an absolute need to do that in, a, in most cases. But in, in, during the pandemic, I should say, I mean, COVID is still with us, but um, we've learned basically how to manage it, you know, the, the treatment of it um, and the prevention of it and all of that has has evolved so it's not as much of a worry and people are back living their lives and you know for example i'll just say this like you and i we live in we don't live that far from each other relatively speaking but it it probably is about an hour or so like that but depending on traffic um and so we have done zoom we have done the phone and everything but you know, I invited you out last week to go back out with me to the Windermere Farmer's Market, you know, just to kind of hang out last Friday morning. And for me, 
to me, that's just, it's a whole different dynamic. Um, it, mm-hmm. it feels, you know, I can see your face. I can see your expressions in all its dimensions, not just, you know, on a screen, um, you know. And then you, you got a chance to meet different people and explore different things, you know, in terms of what was offered at the farmer's market. And then we went across and and uh, unfortunately, not knowingly, but unfortunately said goodbye to a small business that was closing after 15 years. You know, things that we would not have experienced on Zoom, you know, unless one of us got uh, like a news report or something of that nature about it. But, you know, it was like, okay, this is, you know, and even if it was on Zoom, we could have only talked about it, but we couldn't have gone in there and, and supported the business in its last days. Right. So, um, and and, and I know I'm getting away from campus, but campus uh, activities, as far as I recall, and they may have changed a lot since I went to school, were were a a great source of that type of camaraderie and and, uh, connection. You know, there was a little ice cream parlor near our um, dorm that I used to go to regularly, you know, and get. I uh, love (laughs) <laughs> and get the hand spun milkshakes and all that type of stuff, you know, and then walking uh, across campus, you got a chance to meet a variety of, of people in your inside your classes or on the way to class, you got a chance to meet a whole other variety of people. It's in, you know, and just kind of happenstance versus, you know, uh, you meet on the screen just because, you know, you're, it's either if it's a class, it's probably, I know for me anyway, if it's a class, I'm probably there to get a CE credit. Okay. I'm not necessarily mm-hmm. there, you know, to have a, a chat. I'm there for business. And for me, it's just a little bit, I don't know what to call it, stale, um, impersonal, whatever. It just doesn't have, even on a call, and I've done calls with family members and everything, which is great when you all can't get together, but it still misses something for me. So. Exactly. Yeah. Those social skills, uh, but, you know, you have to realize as we move into this next generation, mm-hmm. we're talking about a generation that are accustomed to playing video games by themselves um, on networks that they're communicating with one another through devices Mm -hmm. around the world, talking to people through devices. Mm -hmm. We live in homes that people text each other and we're right in the same, under the same roof. But they're mm-hmm. texting one another. You know? I know, but I know, but but I guess that my concern with that part of you know is now you've got to worry about are you talking to a real person with AI and everything? Are you talking to a real person? Are you talking not. to a computer generated person? Um, mm-hmm. That that's a little bit concerning. Um, that's right. Know, so yeah. 
But anyway, let us know what you think. I am here with my friend Stephanie Dukes. We were originally talking about campus shutdown, and I kind of went to the the social aspect of that. But let us know what you think. The call-in number is 516-387-1944. D's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. We'll be right back. Over the past 60 years, Dove Beauty Bar's superior formula has remained unchanged. But when it comes to beauty, everything changed. Together, we redefined beauty. We said no to stereotypes and yes to every type. We let go of judgments and embraced what makes us unique. We're proud to have been there with you, caring for you every step of the way. Here's to the next 60 years. a wedding, reception, family reunion, planning a banquet, or some other fundraising event. Need to share your knowledge through a workshop or seminar, or it's a difficult time and you need to plan a wake or repast. Let us help. At our gatherings, let us reduce the stress and make the occasion memorable, treasured. Call our gatherings at 407-968-9387 or email ourgatherings at yahoo.com. Let us help plan your special event. Good afternoon. Welcome back to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. And um, I'm here with my friend Stephanie Dukes. We were talking uh, we were talking a little bit about ca- the campus shutdowns, and I guess I was talking more of the, um, I guess, the socialization aspect of that. Because, I mean, frankly, Stephanie, if USF had been shut down in that way, do you think you and I would have met? Do you think you and I would be friends? I don't know. Oh, no. <laughs> well, you know, one, I think we would have met because we believe in divine intervention. That's true. That, this is true. That is yeah. what God intended, that that would have happened. Um, yeah. But on the other side of that is that, you know, we have to think about, when those things happened, you ask the question, if would we have met, we might not would have met at that time. We might not would have met. Of course, we would not have met under those circumstances. So mm-hmm. the question would have met would have been under what circumstances and it would have been in what time period, um, yeah. later in life, earlier in life. Within, you know, the circumstances would have taken place. I'm grateful for those circumstances. And college experience is a wonderful experience. And I think that is what we're talking about, that Mm -hmm. those college campuses provide for a community a quality of life that adds to the word community, that when we remove that, what kind of, what do we do to the quality of life within those communities? Um, How unstable, what do we do for the stability of them? For the young people in those areas, for that segment of the community that I talked about that 
comes in for what we call continuing education. Mm-hmm. That has to have that tactile, that socialization part you talked about. What do we do for the stability of the community? Those are the things that researchers are going to must keep a handle on to see what is going to happen because it's critical as a sociologist that we watch the balance of our communities. And those, I think that's what you're really pointing to, Gretchen, is mm-hmm. that we don't want to get unbalanced, that we go the wrong way, and mm-hmm. that we become unbalanced to a degree that the wrong things begin to happen into our community. Yeah, and that it's exactly. a move that is going to unsettle the community, and then how is it going to unsettle? And those are the things that we have to look at when we make these kinds of decisions, and then how can we, uh, what is an alternative to closing the schools down? You know, because Mm -hmm. the, the state is faced with the buildings are not being used. That is a reality. Now, what can we do? And we cannot continue to waste the money to run those buildings because the air has to be pumped into those buildings to continue uh, the maintenance of them as long as we the, the state owns them. Mm-hmm. So we do have to do that. Um, yeah. So I, those are decisions we have to make. Yeah. And I want people to understand, I, you know, I mean, I've talked a lot about socialization, I, you know, and that's just in part because I've been concerned about some of that even prior to uh, campus shutdowns with uh, our, our young people and not just young people, just others who just tend to, you know, because it's easier and simpler in some cases to gravitate toward, you know, doing almost everything online and not not knowing how to interact with the face. Um, but there is that, that educational component, too, because I have to say, learning online, while it's convenient and maybe less costly, I don't think is good for some people. I think it makes some people lazy. I, I think this uh, to be able to hold people accountable in terms of did you really learn what I just spent two hours or whatever trying to teach you? You know, did you learn anything about it or were you over letting the um letting me talk and you're over washing dishes or or doing whatever it is, you know, yoga or whatever it is while <laughs> you know, while the the course is going on. Because we come on, we know that that happens. You know. The we know that, that on, happens, but we know that happens, but this is what you have. We have to learn. We can't put everyone in the same box. We must mm-hmm. always remember there are different learning styles. That building works well for people with tactile learning abilities. There mm-hmm. are students who were in that building who that building did not work for. 
Those were the mm-hmm. ones who flunked out. Those were the ones who dropped out, who excel well online courses, mm-hmm. who earned degrees, who became summa cum laude on online courses. So in that arena, because their learning styles were different, it was great for those students. Whereas the building environment is great for other students. So that's why hybrid classes are good for those students in the middle. Okay? Mm-hmm. And we have well, to find our balance. So we can't well, say. I guess my concern is, I'm sorry, but I guess my concern is too, I know how some of those uh, courses work. I know how, you know, people passing those classes work in some cases, not all. And some people excel because they have the materials right there to answer the question, you know, on the test and uh, yes, I mean, if you have the materials right there to answer the question and pass the test and pass the course, yes, you're going to excel. Okay, the stuff is right there in front that of you. Was in the it's, it's, that happened okay. in the building. Okay, that but it's a matter well than in the building. That happened mm-hmm. in the classroom. That so right, that but it was wasn't. No it wasn't. That was no different. It wasn't. Con- yeah, but it wasn't condoned. Yes, it was. It was cheating. Yes, it was. I okay. knew that happened at USF. Okay. I don't know that anything about that. <laughs> there were, we learned, we learned that there were other groups that was not within our group. There was other groups around the campus that were organizing and they organized that had information that if you, you know, played nice with them, you could get into their study groups. And if you got into the study groups, you were going to get the information to pass the test. Okay. Which, you know? So it doesn't matter. Gretchen, there is always that element in the equation, girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Right? That equ- and, and that is not nothing new. That is why they have proctors to test because that is the equation in any situation, be it a classroom, be it online, be it Anywhere, that is always going to be an equation. So uh, even online, they have, when you, I, I had to just take this test, and I was fortunate to be able to take it in the privacy of my home, but I had to install this high-grade software onto my computer that ran a high-volume security over my computer. It it did a check over my computer to see everything I had installed on it. Then I had to turn it around, and it swiped 
my complete room. I had to turn it slowly at a pace that it regulated. And it scanned the room that I was taking the test in. When and where was this? I just recently did this. This was just okay. Within the okay. Last month. All I right. Well, yeah. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> I'm dating all... myself because I was going to say like this didn't happen when I was in school. <laughs> no. So you know there are there are mechanisms that when you're taking serious tests, mm-hmm. when you're taking serious tests now, and and mm-hmm. you're the you know, when you're taking just your your regular things that people are saying, okay, you can do this, and they're not trying to stress you out. They're just bringing you along to build up your confidence. There, there's a reason people don't have high measures of security to certain tests. You know, there, there, there's a rationale. There, there's, there's a psychological reasoning behind that. But when you get to these certain high-grade tests, that these folks ain't playing with you when you're getting your degrees and they're not playing with you when you're getting these licenses, uh, you know, these security mm-hmm. background checks. They say, okay, you want to take it at your home? You sure that's what you want to do? And you have to sign for us to check your background, and you have to sign for us to take over your computer and do your background check on your computer. You know, those those things, you know, they're, they're available. So when you say uh, what happens in your home, these people invade the privacy of your home yeah. when you decide to take these online courses. You yeah. give up a lot of privacy rights. So I gave up a lot of privacy rights when I decided to take that test in the privacy of my home. Okay? Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, there, there's well, a lot well, that goes on with that. But it was it was my choice, and I right. did well, and we will. Okay. Well, and of course, you did. Hey, of course, you, you know? did. So you know, hey. So those are people. So you, we have people who can go into the building and take the test, and we have those who, in the comfort of their home, they're comfortable, they're relaxed. I suffer from test anxiety. Okay. In the comfort uh-huh. of my home, I was nice, I was comfortable, I was at ease. Mm-hmm. Okay? So, hey, I, okay. Breathe, I breathe through that thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll be keeping yeah. an eye on in terms of that because there are other campuses that have had closures, too, um, for other, you know, variety of reasons and stuff. Uh, and we'll talk about that at a future time, but... Stephanie, thanks. I wanted, I, like I said, it was kind of bothering me a little bit. It's like, you know, why are campuses closing? But it's nice to have yeah, that yeah. other perspective. So appreciate the time, and you take care of yourself. We'll talk soon. Thank you. Be blessed. Thank you. You too. Be blessed. 
When we come back, we are going to talk with the Winter Park YMCA Director of Operations about a new program that will be launched at one of the schools around here. This is G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment, and we will be right back. This is Douglas Dobbs of Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service. We have served the Central Florida community for 29 years with quality funeral and cremation services. Honoring all religions and faiths, we have been here for many grieving families. Whether it's a complete funeral service with a burial or a simple dignified cremation, Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service is here for you. Located at 430 North Kirkman Road at the 408 Expressway, Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service, 407-578-7720. Dobbs dedicated to serving our families. Hi, I'm Tim Garris. Uh, you may know me as Timmy G. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's been two decades, but I want you to know I'm back in the Arklatex, and I've got a mix of music that can help you relax and chill out. It's smooth. It's relaxing. It's chill out jazz. The soulful mix of smooth jazz, soul, and smooth R&B. So join me every Wednesday night, 10 p.m. to midnight, on KHAM Radio. Are you chilling? Good afternoon. Welcome back to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. You know, when you think of the YMCA, you kind of just think about, in my opinion anyway, used to be a place where you go and you do your exercises and all that type of stuff, you know, something general. But there's so much more to it now. They offer a variety of different programs. So uh, today we're privileged to have the Winter Park YMCA, YMCA Operations Director, Javon Clark, on with us to talk about a new program. Good afternoon, sir. How are you doing? Good afternoon. I'm doing well. Thank you. Thanks for being with us. So, what do you tell us a little bit first of all about uh, what you do at the YMCA in Winter Park? Well, first of all, I want to kind of um, add a little bit to what you said in the introduction in regards to you seeing, you know, the Y as a place where you work out. Um, personally, I actually started at the Y as a 16-year-old in a, our team leadership programs um, oh. when back in New okay. York City where I grew up. Like, mm-hmm. that's one of the, like, the many different program offerings that we have here, why, in addition to, you know, the, you know, working out, uh, swimming, lessons, as uh, we'll discuss. There's a lot of different mm-hmm. things that we have to offer here at the Y. So I've myself been working for the Y for over 20 years in both in New York, Atlanta, and now here in Central Florida. Wow. Well, congratulations and, and, and thank you for what you do at the Y. So, um, but like I said, programs, the Y itself has kind of evolved in terms of uh, what it offers the community. And you have one of the new programs that you're going to talk about with us that's happening at um, Lakemont Elementary. So what what's going on there? So through our program, a program that we call Safety Around Water that um, is actually a national YMCA program, we are partnering with Lakemont Elementary to provide free swim lessons to 80 of their fourth graders um, starting this coming, set, uh, this coming Monday. Um, program is we work with the school, and the, and the school is right down the street from the Y. So mm-hmm. the classes of fourth graders would walk down to the Y, and every day, well, sorry, Monday through Thursday for the next eight weeks, they'll participate in 
uh, basic swim lessons to kind of get them acclimated to the water, getting, to, getting them to learn about um, just basic water safety, um, and just giving them skills to kind of develop as they grow older to become, you know, better swimmers and become uh, more confident being in and around water. Now, I, we, I think I spoke with one of the one of your uh, other fellow directors about a, a swim program. Um, uh, I think it, I don't know if it was at Wayne Lynch or whatever, but swimming seems to have become more top of mind now, uh, especially with um, teaching young people and teaching the elderly. Uh, but, I mean, in my mind, it, it really kind of always should have been because, this is Florida, and we're mostly mostly surrounded by water, and have the lakes and stuff. So, so water safety really should it should always have been a priority. But I know there are people that are hesitant to uh, allow their kids near the water. You know, old fashioned fears or whatever. So, how do you um, engage the parents in in terms of getting allowing their kids to participate? A lot of it is kind of just talking about the realities of um, of the situation. Like, for example, Florida is a top five state in terms of, you know, the number of deaths of children drowning. And just, you know, unfortunately, we have situations where general generation, uh, generationally people who do not learn how to swim as kids and then become adults and they are hesitant to have their kids around the pools or around water because they don't know how to swim. So with kind of putting a lot of more information and education out about the benefits of not only children learning how to swim, but also um, teens and adults and how that could be key life-saving skills. And also as you get older, also key, you know, fitness and, you know, wellness skills breaking those stigmas to giving more education about the benefits is kind of leading to a lot of parents to want to have their kids participate in basic lessons, especially here in Florida. Like you said, this, uh, we have a lot of lakes and a lot of, you know, bodies of water that, you know, accidents can happen. And if they do, we want to be able to have uh, the kids or adults to be able to, you know, to survive in case they need to. And one of the the positive things, very positive things that come from that is, you know, kids can set an example and and be of of service in emergency situations. There have been a couple of cases where you've had kids, one case was uh, a 10-year-old boy in Oklahoma who saved his mom from drowning, Um, you know. So just for the sake, and in another case where there was a 12-year-old saved the therapist from drowning just for the simple reason initially anyway of not being afraid of not being fearful uh, and then having you know at least some swim skills to go out and and help retrieve that person from the water uh initially i think that's that's a very good thing good reason why you you do allow kids to get comfortable with the water to learn skills in the water so that, you know, not only that are they able to uh, save themselves in a situation, but possibly be able to save adults as well. You know, fear, you, you mentioned fear, and I think fear is a key term when we're talking about, um, you know, learning how to swim and being confident and competent in the water. 
and learning that at an early age as, you know, as you're developing, learning so many other things, it kind of, it could grow with you. You can build that confidence. You can, if you're in situations, you know kind of how to handle that. So I think with the program that we have with Lakeland and other, you know, swimming lesson programs that we have around um, not only the wise Central Florida, but all of the wise around the country, the key is just to build up that confidence at an early age so the next generation of adults, we won't have as many, uh, we will try to not have as many um, people not comfortable with, you know, being around water. So what are, what's the age range for the kids that are involved in the program? So the program that we're doing this fall, we're going to be working with fourth graders um, primarily. Now, we actually ran the program in the spring with uh, kids that were in kindergarten and in first grade uh, at that time. We we're now first and second graders. But we're now going to be working with primarily fourth graders this fall. Okay. All right. So, and now, is this this is the first time for this program, or did you have it before? Um, and and the reason I'm asking is, do, do, do does the program, or do the students follow along in terms of the program? Like, for example, if they did you do it in third grade and now you have it in fourth grade, are you just uh, helping the child progress through the program, or how how does how does it work? Good question. So this is actually the, you know, since I've been here, this is the second time that we're going to be running this program. Um, mm-hmm. We ran it with a group of kindergartners and a group of first graders last time. The, okay. But now we're going to the fourth graders. Now, we're, it's not um, a progressive program in terms of, like, season to season, but progressive within the weeks of the, the actual program. So once they are done with that, you know, that specific program, then we could, the, the, the goal and opportunity is for them to continue into our higher level swim lessons that we do offer here at the Y and then eventually, you know, to swim teams or lifeguard trainings in years to come. Um, but this, I, this, this program primarily is good to, it's the key and the, um, the goal is to introduce and be acclimated to the water and be comfortable with the water. Okay. So now um, you, the why, how are you, how are you funded for the, this particular program? Cause like, I think you saw that you're doing with 80 kids. Is that correct? That's yeah, yeah, quite a few kids. It. And then do you p- provide certain supplies for the kids? Like, I, I, and, and I'm not really sure how how that works. Like, do you use stuff like swim noodles and all that type of stuff with them? So to, to answer the question about the funding, our funding is provided by a Safety Around Water grant that is um, the funds are provided by the YUSA that okay. um, they distributed funds to several different YMCA associations across the country to provide these lessons and this program uh, to our communities. In terms of the actual, you know, supplies like the noodles, kickboards, um, like that, we do have uh, plenty of those that we use for our general aquatics programs. Because in addition to the Safety Around Water programs, we do offer 
um, year-round swim lessons, and we do have um, an operating pool as well. Okay. All right. Well, good. So um, what what have you – you said you have had the programs in the past with the um, uh, kindergarten and first graders, and how do you observe – how have they, I guess, progressed from when they first start in the program to when the program ends for them? Is there a noticeable change? I mean, do you see less fear? Do you see more skill? What do you see? Um, for the most part, it's like it's kind of night and day from the beginning of the program until the end. Um, you'll see, you know, and, and granted, some of the kids that are in this in the program, they are, some of them might have had some, you know, experience within the water. But then you have some that this is their first time that they're going, and their and their parents are kind of accompanying them, you know, just because they're, you know, their kids have not been in the water. Um, but as the weeks progress. Through, through the, you know, the instruction from our swim instructors and lifeguards, they start to gain more confidence. They start to gain more skills. So when that last lesson hits, they, you know, they are able to, you know, do a freestyle down the entire uh, length of the pool. And which is at the beginning of the year or the beginning of the lessons, they, you know, were afraid to even put their foot in the water. So for the most mm. part, you do see a lot of um, – of change and like I like I said earlier, it's mostly in the confidence and overcoming the fears. And the the next step from our perspective as a why is okay, what type of advanced lessons that you know some of them can go into going forward. We're gonna take a quick break. We're here with Javon Clark of the Y in uh Winter Park and if you have questions or comments, the number is five one six three eight seven one nine four four. G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. We'll be right back. This is Douglas Dobbs, owner and funeral director at Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service. We have served the Central Florida community with two generations of family funeral service. With the recent addition of my son Brandon, we are here to take care of the needs of Central and West Orlando. From simple cremation to a full burial, Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service is here to help you. Located at 430 North Kirkman Road at the 408 Expressway, Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service, 407 478-7720. Dobbs, dedicated to serving our families. Hi, I'm Tim Garrison, and I think I found a way to help you understand what is Chill Out Jazz. Welcome back to this Friday's G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. We are speaking with Devon Clark, who is the Operations Director at the YMCA in Winter Park, Florida. If you have questions or comments about the program we've been talking about or, or, you know, the why, the number is 516-387-1944. So one of the things you mentioned was that your facility is down the street from Lakemont Elementary, so it's easy. It's within walking distance for the kids and everything like that. Are there other uh, wise and, and uh, you know, possible partnerships with other schools in the area that you know of? 
Right now, we are currently working with several other schools in Orange County to try to expand the program. Um, I know that actually during the summer, we were able to do a similar program with um, the city of Eatonville and the Eatonville Boys and Girls Club, and we were able to um, bring some of their middle schoolers over to do some safety around water um, programs for about eight weeks during the summer. One of the, I think one of the barriers that we are hitting in terms of getting other schools or other organizations to partner with is the transportation, is um, the transportation mm. barriers. With, um, like I said, with Eaton, I'm sorry, with Lake not being right down the street, there's really um, no issues with transportation. But, right. Um, we're like, we are trying, like, like I said, we're trying to work with other schools. And, in Orange County to see if we can, you know, be able to expand our program. So if you could just bridge the, uh, the the issue, the difficulty with the transportation, then there are more possibilities for this to occur on a regular basis um, with some of the other schools, correct? Correct. correct. Yes. Okay. All right. And then, so you, do you do this like in the afternoon after the rest, the rest of the curriculum is done with the school? Is this something that happens? Is this like an after-school type of program? No, actually, it's actually in part of their school day. So the um, the teacher that brings them over is the Lake Mount Elementary uh, physical education teacher. So mm-hmm. this is part of their physical education um, curriculum per se during uh, during their regular day. So, like for example, like in the spring, we would have kids coming around. One group would come in at 10 a.m., the other group would come in at 1. This group of fourth graders will be coming in right at 2, closer to the end of their day, but during school hours. Okay. All right. So how can people get more information about, uh, I guess, your program, not only your program, but um, if they want to maybe, I guess I I would say campaign or whatever, to try to get uh, the program uh, associated with their uh, child's elementary school or, uh, you know, uh, middle school, uh, or I guess even high school, if, if, if it's possible, uh, how 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 can someone make that happen or help or try to help make that happen? I think the best way um, is to just go on to our website, uh, uh, ymcacf.org. That pretty much has the information in terms of not only our aquatics programs, but the different Y locations that we have um, around Central Florida that do run the Safety Around Water programs to, you know, get more information not only about the programs, but the specific contacts at, contacts at those locations, and to kind of reach out to their schools to kind of be the advocates to push the partner with um, groups like the YMCA that are willing to provide these free uh, life-saving skills for their kids. Okay. You said that's ymcacf.org. Uh, I guess that's ymcacentralflorida.org. Correct. Okay. Yeah. So great. I mean, I'm I'm very happy to hear that that's going on um, because, I, I mean, I think for kids anyway, I know for me it was and still is, water is a magnet. 
in a lot of cases. It's very, it's very alluring. It's very appealing. And, and kids tend to gravitate toward that. So to make sure that they have a healthy respect and understanding and, and at least a basic skill set for maneuvering in the water is very important, right? Yes. And, and the earlier you start is the better. I mean, personally, my I have a daughter that turns six months today, and tomorrow is her first swim lesson. So, oh, wow. Um, yeah, yeah. We can start, we can start started in that early just to, you know, get them comfortable. And as you mentioned, the fear and the confidence, if you get them um, introducing them early, getting them comfortable with early, then, you know, it, it, it makes it a lot easier for them going forward. I, I've always been fascinated by that because I've always thought about, okay, you know, how do they learn at such a young age, how, how do they learn the breathing skills? Because I'm still, you know, I go to the pool like about five days a week. I swim on my back because I'm still struggling with the whole breathing mm-hmm. issue. <laughs> you know? no, I, just, I, I am, I am the same. I, I learned how to swim in college and I think, I would be better a better swimmer if I kind of learned a little bit earlier in life because mm-hmm. I would have been able to kind of identify that there's, you know, I might have some issues, whether it's breathing or, you know, coordinating, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Had some time to build up the, the, the right habits, I guess, per se, if I would have did it. Right. Kind of so um, even at like a six months or, you know, one year, you know, there's things, it's more about that comfortability. So when it comes time where you're, you know, two, three, where you can actually really start moving, it's not, there's no hesitation because you've already have been in there. You're already comfortable. You're already familiar with that environment. That is so cool. I, 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 I and I appreciate, I appreciate what you're doing, not only with the school, but with your six months old. I mean, that, that is something. Do you, you have any type of, apprehension at all about doing this or you know you're just like no come on let's go it's time <laughs> nope nope <laughs> not at all not at all i am you know it's like like we like she's been introduced to the water for a little bit but i think it's now it's time to kind of get a little bit some things more formal so you know so okay. she'll be you know she'll be prepared as she gets older that is so cool. I, I, I can appreciate that. And, and, you know, one of the, because I, I, like I said, I think there's some, some apprehensions that have to kind of be, you know, or some myths or whatever that have to kind of be dispersed. Um, you know, I, I do real estate and I take people to houses. And if it, there's some people like, if it has a pool, it's great. And some people are like, nope, don't want a pool. Don't even mm-hmm. show me a house with a pool because I, you know, it, it's like they seize up their tents and stuff. And, and, you know, I mean, in some, in some cases there, yeah, there are reasons and I understand that, but uh, you know, I mean, that's that for a lot of people, that's a big draw here in Florida, but you know, if you're going to have a pool, you need to know how to behave around, around it and, and what to do. So. Exactly. Yeah. And then I mean, sometimes yeah. it's, you know, just, unfortunate experiences in early in life that kind of get people a little bit, um, you know, apprehensive for, you know, pools or bodies of water and just like, you know, or even going on cruises or going to the beach, you know, they'll just, yeah. you know what, I'm trying to stay a little bit closer to, you know, to land. Yeah. Yeah. So. 
Well, we appreciate what you do. Thank you so much. And, uh, you know, we're getting, getting those, those babies prepared and, and uh, not, in, you know, with the right uh, guidance in terms of how to behave and navigate uh, around the water. So thank you so much. And you have a blessed day and enjoy your weekend. Thank you. Before we go, one of the things I wanted to mention to everybody is um, if you have not gotten a chance to go, uh, there's like about a week left to enjoy um, Orlando's uh, Magical Dining. Uh, it's a lot of the restaurants, many of the very popular restaurants, even some of the Michelin uh, honorees, uh, they get together and they have like a, a fixed uh, menu if you have not done the Magical Dining Month. Um, it's, for me, it's been, the, I mean, it's been around for a while, but for me, it's been an opportunity the last couple of years to kind of say, oh, let's go try this place. Uh, I've been wanting to go and I've never gone. So last week, my husband and I ended up going to a popular Turkish restaurant that I really, you know, I'm glad we got a chance to go. It was, you know, different out of our norm. We don't go out a lot. Um, which is kind of good because we'd be bigger than we are. But um, we went and uh, just had a chance, first of all, to kind of sit down eyeball to eyeball and, and actually have great conversation. Uh, we're running so much, you have to hardly have a chance to do that. But also just to try cuisine that is either different or prepared differently than uh, we would have normally done. So um, a portion, $2 from each meal um, goes to a nonprofit. So uh, the, it's usually like about, depending on the the restaurant, is 40 to $60 per person. Um, in, in our case, it included uh, appetizer and included the entree and included the um, dessert. Um, so it, it was pretty good. And uh, so I, I wanted to encourage everybody because this, uh, they started early, earlier this uh, year. They, it usually is in September, and I think they started like about mid-August. But the last, this is the last week coming up. It runs through October 1st. Uh, so if you get a chance to do the, just, you know, go online and you can look up um, uh, Magical Dining Month, and um, it will have the list of restaurants that have participated. And when you open up the app and you open up that particular site for that, that restaurant that's participating, they have a list of um, – they have a menu because the menu is very specific for uh, the restaurant for Magical Dining Month. So usually you can pick, uh, I guess, a couple of uh, appetizers or whatever. You can pick from about three different entrees, and you can pick from a couple of desserts. So you do – the choices are limited, but the choices are very good. I have to say that. Um, I haven't been disappointed yet. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm kind of glad. And like I said, they, they and they have do have a list of the nonprofits that uh, they they help. Trasita Central Florida, Nuevo Sendero, One Heart for Women and Children, Salvation Army Orlando Samaritan Village, and uh, Wake Up Mentoring. Um, and then they've had some that they've helped in, in the past. Boys and Girls Club of Central Florida. Arnold Palmer Hospital for Children, Ronald McDonald House. Um, so, I mean, so this is a good way to just kind of, you know, introduce your, your palate to something new and different and, and fresh and fun. Um, spend some quality time with that significant other and, um, you know, help a good cause. So Magical Dining Month, last, the last week, it ends October 1st. 
But anyway, we're going to go have a beautiful, wonderful, safe, and enjoyable weekend. This has been G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. Be well, be safe, be blessed, and please remember, all real power comes from God. Take care. Yeah. Uh-huh.